This podcast may contain adult language and content not suitable for everyone. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to our Spooky Bitches episode of Glamazons and Leprechauns. No, again, it's Spooky Witches. Welcome to our Spooky Witches episode of Glamazons and Leprechauns. Freudian slip there? of Spooky Bitches, but we are talking about, yes, Spooky Witches. And we brought a Spooky Witch on to join our coven of three today, my mother, because she has some spooky stories to tell. Um shit that happens to her to women on our family mostly just to her (laughs) (laughs) Um, be the only one but yeah we wanted to have you on because we were talking about um scary stories and know that you have lots of scary stories and the ones that you've told me are scary and where we wanted to start was the fact that both you and Rochelle's mom went to see The Exorcist when you were pregnant with us. Yep. <laughs> that explains a lot. True. It's a true story. Yeah. Tell us about that. Or tell us, there were other things. We'd have to start back at the house on Baker Street. There we was... go. The horror movie title, The House on Baker Street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, when before, you know, long before the exorcist the 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 whole when i was first pregnant with you and prior to being pregnant with you in that little teeny house first of all there was any time i took a shower for the couple years that we lived there i did not open my eyes when rinsing my hair because there was always this apparition really uh dark-headed man peeking over the top of the curtain uh, uh. so for <laughs> so for years no i never That's i never scary. and i knew i knew if i opened my eyes i would really have the full visual so i never did i never did and i was alone a lot because your dad worked at night in that house and there was just always something there was i mean i've heard you know i've had voices on I mean, oh, Jesus. I mean, I can remember being so scared from the voices and the breathing, that breathing in my ear, you know, the <sighs> for hours and hours on end one particular night. But yeah, there was always something in that house. It really started when I met your father. So there we have that. <laughs> and that I mean, truly, when I think about this kind of stuff. You think he you brought know, something truly, into the house? Well, I, I truly believe in the difference, and certainly there is, between a, a good spirit and evil spirits. And it was nothing good about anything there. Nothing good. And I had the big German shepherd whose name was Amos, and he was always my confirmation that I wasn't the only one that was hearing things. So I rem- you know? remember you telling this story of like putting the nursery together or something. Well, we left Baker. We got the house on Jones Street. It didn't have any bad feelings at all. 
And uh, for the first time, you know, in a couple of years, I felt really good about being in that house until when I think about it, it started the day we moved in and walked in and there was a, 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 a mason jar full of white roses on the counter. I'm like, when the fuck, where do those come from? And no one seemed to know. But anyway, there was a line of rose bushes outside that house. And it wasn't until, you know, months and months and months later, I found out that I was out trimming those roses one day and the lady next door said, oh, I'm so glad you're taking care of Mr. So-and-so's roses. I'm like, what? He said, oh yeah, the man that, that died that used to own that house used to take care of those roses. And I thought, oh, here we go again. So at that point, your father had told me, he said, do you, do you see him? <laughs> uh, there was always an old man standing in the hallway or sitting in the recliner. So <laughs> that being said, that wasn't bad. It, whoever that was and whatever that was, was not a bad, a bad spirit. I never felt it, but he did. He'd see him sitting at the kitchen table, you know, just, just whatever. After this, getting the nursery ready for you in the spare bedroom, we had in that summer leading up to, cause this was like, whenever the exorcist came out, my brother, Donnie, your dad and your dad and I went down to LA because your dad had an interview with Kate, with one of the radio stations late at night. So we went down there and they decided they wanted to see the exorcist, which I did not want to. And I don't, I can't tell you that I saw that movie because I spent the whole night under my coat. I didn't want to see it. Anyway, so moving forward, it was just seemed like just a lot of negative things. And I started to be scared a lot. And I swear to you, when I saw that movie, The Mothman here, you know, just not that long ago, it brought back something that happened in that house prior to the nursery incident. It brought back the memory of a night, once again, I was alone a lot in that house, of falling asleep on the couch with the TV on and waking up and seeing an, a giant image like that Mothman image, that's all I can tell you. And I remember acting like I was dead. I was so scared for so long, probably till daylight, till it faded. I don't know. But it was so, so after that, time and time goes by. And then I think it was in July, it was the daylight. It was a summer night, a hot summer night. The front door was open. The dog, Amos, was in the house. And I'm watching TV. It's daylight outside. And all of a sudden, the sounds that came from the nursery, which the door was closed, sounded like someone was being thrown up against the wall. There were, I, I can't tell you. Uh, unbelievable shit coming from that room. Uh, I ran outside. The dog, by the way, ran to the door. Amos was a mean German shepherd. He wanted in that door. There was something in there. But I ran outside. I think I went to the neighbor to call my sister, Royce, to come get me because I wasn't going back in that house. It, it, it was too scary. And then I called Dennis down at the club who was working and told him, you know, I was at my sister's. I wasn't going back to that house. It's you know, told him what had happened. So after work at two o'clock in the morning, he came and got me and he refused to go to that house too. He would not step in. Anyway, we ended up at a friend of his, his bass player's house, whose girlfriend was some kind of medium. 
And we stayed there that night. And the next morning in the daylight, we went back to the house. She went in the room. At this point, was full of flies, which makes no sense whatsoever. And when she said, give her time in there, and she was in there for a while and came out, and she said, it's gone. She said, what? It was not something good. It was something bad, and, but it was gone. It would not come back. But when, when she was done in that room with whatever she did, that room was like, it felt like it was 200 degrees. Hmm. And I'll never forget that how hot it was from the, I, and I always, you know, she said it was from the energy, but there's no explanation to this day. There can, there's, I cannot tell you. And yes, did it, did I always go back to, it started when we went to see that fucking movie. <laughs> I'm telling you. And so, and so we can go forward and say that, you know, the mind is a powerful thing. And, you know, sometimes you can create manifest sure things right but my i always have to go back to confirmation my confirmation that night was that dog amos stayed quarantined because anyone he ever got a hold of he tried to kill well if he had gotten into that room that night whatever was in there would have been dead if it were a real person had it been real but you know it's like this little dog now you know there's nights when you know he's barking up at the ceiling and you know i know he sees something i can't see so i think it's really interesting that both of our moms saw the exorcist while they were pregnant with us and wound up having i mean very different but very intense experiences Uh, my mom who is no longer with us she saw the exorcist when she was pregnant with me and um it scared the piss out of her. The movie scared her so bad. And then she started to have these terrible dreams that I would come out with like flaming red hair and bright green eyes. And Rosemary's also, baby. Right? While she was pregnant with me, and I do believe this was after she saw The Exorcist, and she had really kind of internalized all this fear that I would come out Satan's child. She went, her and my father went to the zoo. And a tiger sprayed her, backed up to the cage. She said she didn't realize what was happening. Like, why would this tiger back up and sprayed her from head to toe? She was soaked in tiger spray. She said it was the worst thing she had ever smelled in her life. Uh, that and because it was Utah, lots of people are jerks. They were such jerks. They wouldn't give her any clothing. They wouldn't even give her a trash bag to sit on in the car so she could go home and get changed. So she just wound up stealing a trash bag out of a trash can. Uh, But yeah, she got soaked head to toe. So she was sure that she was carrying the devil's child. And when I was born, um, I had a call. So I didn't have a face when they pulled me out. I had something over my face. Well, she lost it. She's like, my baby has no face. Of course, they get it off and I'm fine. But she said she she spent a very stressful few months waiting for me to come out just to see if I was going to be <laughs> a normal child or Satan's love child. <laughs> my parents also lived in a house with what I would say is a difficult past. They, uh, you know, my mom's pregnant with me. My dad was not a responsible person, not a lot of money. They wound up getting a house that was pretty trashed and fairly cheap because the guy that lived there had 
trashed it, and he had also uh, attempted suicide. He had committed suicide in the house. He attempted it or committed it? Like Uh, Never really got confirmation as to whether or not he had been successful at Mm. it. Uh, Something tells me, though, he probably... Uh, probably was. I don't think that would be a big selling point to to say that he was successful. So they probably went with attempted. My mom and my aunt were cleaning the house. And they were in the hall and they were cleaning up some stain. They had no idea what it was. But the more they added water to it, the worse it got. And then it dawned on them that, oh, it was blood they were cleaning up. Oh, lovely. Yeah, from the guy... Oh having uh, uh apparently he had tried to cut his own throat mm. so what's interesting is as a child and don't ask me my why my mom would do this but because she had kind of a macabre sense of humor so the guy tries to cut his throat in the hall and the, there was a hall like kitchen on one side front room on the other my mom chooses blood red shag carpeting to go through the house and down the hall uh, but when I would wake up in the middle of the night, just terrified, and I would look down the hall and I'd see a guy standing there being a small child. I didn't really have the words for it. So I would tell her that Count Chocula was in the hallway because that was the scariest dude I knew. <laughs> but I would frequently see a man in the hallway. And so my mom trying to comfort me, you know, no, there's no man there. And then I hear from my cousins that somebody you know tried to commit suicide and she would tell me oh he lived you're fine don't worry about it but yeah very frequently I would see a man standing at the end of the hallway I'd wake up in the middle of the night so I just got to the point where I didn't step on the red carpet I would jump from my bedroom to their bedroom the floor is lava with them the floor is lava um I knew better than I just stopped looking down the hallway at night I knew better it was just easier to not look yeah yeah Exactly, right? I have to sleep with doors shut. I can't sleep with an open bedroom door because something Ah. will peek in because that happened one time. I'm the opposite. I can't sleep in a room with a closed door. You know, my bedroom, I cannot sleep if the door is closed. I will wake up and become angry. I have to have the door open. turns into like, it changes the air in the room. There's a pressure to it. I'm like, you can't close the door while you're sleeping. If it's something like that, Tracy, and let's hear that story. Yes. But here's my take on it. If I close the door, then no, they'll gather outside the door. I just... Oh, shit. <laughs> that's that's a scary thought. No. So, you know, well, yeah, because then opening the door becomes a problem. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I'm the opposite. I need it shut because it's a sanctuary. You can't cross the, you can't cross the threshold into the sanctuary is kind of how I feel about it. So the door has to be shut. Plus it keeps out crazy cats. When I first moved out, I lived with a guy and another girl. And the guy I had d- dated. But then when we moved in, I think he just decided we were going to be friends. I, th- I actually think he liked the other girl. But she was a lesbian. Anyhow, long story short. So we move in on the west side of town. And for whatever reason... They started, and I don't even, I didn't have a Ouija board. I don't know what the hell, but I was, I was going to work and would come home and they would be, be playing. I'm like, no, don't, please don't do that in that stuff in the house. You know, just don't. And I remember a couple of times I came home from work and they didn't even go to work that day because they had been, you know, doing this. I remember, um, I had an earache and I had 
laid down on my bed and put peroxide in my ear, like letting it drain out. You know what I mean? To try to relax it. Yeah. <clears throat> so the door is open and I had a futon and I'm laying on the bed and it's starting, it's getting dark outside and there's no light on in my room, but there's a light in the upstairs hallway and all of our bedroom doors are within like four or five feet of each other. So there's the, the stairs are right there and then there's a bathroom door and then there's the doors to their two bedrooms all right then within like five feet apart. You know, there's just a middle point where all of our doors meet and the girl's door um, would shut tight. It wasn't like it just opened. It it like stuck shut. At one point, he, the guy was already in bed because he was supposed to work early. And the girl was in her room listening to music with her door shut. And my door was open. And I was laying there. The light shining into my room. I see what I thought was the girl peek, peek in to check on me. And I could see her head and it's only like four feet away from my head you know peek in and see the shadow behind her and I I said yeah and she backed up a little bit like she didn't want to disturb me and then stuck her head in much further almost like head and part of the torso and I said yeah again because now like oh she's leaning in like she's going to tell me something and and I said yeah and it just sat there it's and there was just a couple of seconds of that moment like that is not her and I couldn't see a face again because the lights from behind and at at that moment I got up and I went I went to like get it or I don't know I got up I didn't run or scream I got up I jumped up to get closer and it just kind of mm, behind the door and where when it did that right there would have been the bathroom door like it went that in that direction right there like it could have just gone into the bathroom so I come out and the bathroom door is just barely ajar and the lights off obviously I don't go into the bathroom (laughs) I'm too freaked out to go into the bathroom instead I go straight for her room which is straight across from my my door and I I knock on it and I open it and it's it's jammed shut there's and the floor was really crickety because you could always hear you, you couldn't make there's no way you couldn't get away without making some sort of noise up there so I open her door and I'm like ghostly white and she's like what I go did you just tell me you that you just came into my room she's like I don't know what you're talking about I've been in here I'm like we're leaving we're leaving this house so we all left the house we left him there we didn't wake him up that's right he stayed there so it's probably all his fault and her and I slept at one of her friend's houses that night and I think um and I was freaked out all night I did not sleep I didn't I did not want to go back to back to that apartment but we ended up going back and I don't know if her mother came over, you know, they were religious and her mother, I don't know, if they cleansed it in some way. But I'm like, you know, no more of your guys' bullshit in, in this house. Don't be doing that because they brought whatever, whatever they were doing, I think they brought something in, into the house. And once um, I left and moved, it was fine and nothing else weird happened for, I'd have to think back for a while anyway. But yeah, that was the yeah. first time, like, something creepy enough that if I didn't even think it was creepy at first. Like, I'm actually talking to it. Do you know what I mean? So I know there's confirmation that it's not like, what do you think you saw? Because I'm talking yeah. to you like I thought it was a person. Do you know? And then like, right. oh, wait, you're not a person. Well, what are you? 
So, and it almost seems like it peeked in at you and when you acknowledged it, it came closer because it's like, oh, you can see me. Exactly. But, and, but with that said, it, and that leaning in, it did not physically, like there wasn't a bottom that came into the room. Like it's like it couldn't. And that, and I think that's why I keep the doors shut because it was almost like it couldn't come in, but it could peek in. So if I keep the door shut, that won't happen. Well, you know that that you know how I feel about Ouija boards. Oh yeah. Um, I won't allow one in my house because I've had my experience with Ouija boards, and I can just you know, like I said before, there is good and there is evil, and you can conjure up some bad spirits with those damn Ouija boards. I don't care what anybody says. I know it. I I agree. It's not I, only that. Spirits, being good or bad, are all transferable. Meaning, you can walk out, walk into someone's house, and leave with someone you didn't plan on leaving. Like you have Velcro, mm-hmm. yeah, and bring them into your house. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. True so I that. have a quick Ouija board spooky tale. When I was younger, I want to say I was like twelve or thirteen. I had gotten a Ouija board, and myself and a friend of mine were playing it just you know doing typical oh what about this oh what about that and uh my mom was like oh yeah that's real sure okay ask it if I've got a guardian angel and it's like yeah and she goes well what's its name and I give her the name and so she goes and writes it down she had a cousin who did our family tree and everything and she thought oh I'll talk to him at a later time I'll ask him about this we play a little bit longer and um It was a nice day. The front door was open. The screen door was closed. My mom walks over to look outside, and I see her kind of look up, like she's looking up under the porch and the eaves, and then she kind of stops and gets real pale, and she turns around and looks at me. She goes, okay, Ouija board time is over. Stop now. Put it all away. You guys go do something else. And I was like, well, that's weird. So we put it away, and I go look out of the door, And there are hundreds, if not thousands, of houseflies out Mm -hmm. under the eaves. It was Mm -hmm. a blanket of houseflies all up under the the porch of the house. It wasn't a really big porch. So it was like the whole upper part was just black. It was just black with houseflies. And I'm like, oh, shit. That's Amity. I watched Amityville Horror. I know that's some bullshit. That's bad. The scene with the priest? Oh, no. No good. It didn't say anything really bad. It didn't seem threatening, but, you know, houseflies. So then, a little while later, my mom had gotten in touch with her cousin and said, hey, is there anybody in our family? Is the Ouija board had given some kind of story about how it was a relative of my mother's and she had died young, gave us a name. She talks to my cousin and finds out that, yes, this person did exist in our family tree. And she had died at about the age of somewhere between, say, like eight and ten. She was fairly young when she when she died. And it was her name. The Ouija board was able to give an accurate name, a name I had never heard before. My mother had never heard before. So it wasn't like my subconscious bringing it up. But yeah, that scared my mom. <laughs> and the flies yeah. scared me really bad. Well, sure. Mom, yeah. you remember saying, like in high school, that you asked me if I had been playing with Ouija boards because you were finding a pennies in your bed? But there was also, if you remember, I was dating, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I had best friends 
who live in, in the house they grew up in where both of their parents had died. The house was so flippin' haunted. I mean, they had, you know, it was like a television show. They had, you know, this was a house where you could visually during the day see, you know, pictures come off the wall and things walk around and whatever. I had never went inside that house and had told, always told you better never, never come here after you've been there and bring something back with you with all seriousness. And knew how serious I was. And so between that, finding the pennies, uh, pennies in my bed, waking up and penny, and all I could think then was, oh, it's pennies from heaven. You could hear those things, you know, when you're little, of pennies from heaven. And, and I, that, I don't think that was a bad thing. Really, when I think about it now, I don't know what that was, but to wake up several, you know, there several, several mornings in a row and have my bed full of pennies was quite odd. Is that why sure you asked me that I was, was I playing Ouija board? Was, was that well, the reason or was there bed, something else? You know, because the things start, yeah, because listen, it takes, in my mind, takes a very strong willed person that was, you know, when they were alive and, and it, cause it takes a lot of energy to manifest themselves, you know, to the point the that you're seeing them yeah. and that they can actually do things. So yeah. And I just know, you know, I know my hands have been on a Ouija board, not even touching it and have it move. So fuck. Yeah. I know that's real. Yeah. And I've I seen it too. Real. I don't recall. I don't know if I told you this. I don't recall playing it there in that apartment around the time you asked me, but around the time you asked me, yeah, I had the completed it house had one. Mm-hmm. We were, we had been playing it. Yeah. Sure. And yeah, I, it would go so fast. We couldn't keep our hands on it. I'll tell you one, one story. I don't know if I ever told you this, but don't scare um, me before bed. Do it. <laughs> no, no. Scare her. You'll, you'll like this story because it, it trips me out to this day. When you, when you talk about confirmation, we were at, uh, someone I work with house after Friday happy hour. And I think there was like seven of us. I, I think we were playing Pictionary in his kitchen at his kitchen table. Oh, you've told me this. I'd never, okay. I'd never been to his house before, but as soon as I sat down, there was a girl, a dark headed image that every time I looked up was getting closer. And she started at the doorway of the hall and every time I looked up she got closer to the point where she's almost on me and you know being around people that don't know you very well and especially people you work with uh, you know I just I was I, I had to go to the bathroom I remember I was afraid to go to the bathroom because that you know that's 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 where she is right I can't pass her so eventually looks at me and says what's wrong I said oh nothing and he said you see her don't you and then I got mad I believe at that point I'm like I have to leave and had to go through a ritual in my brain and all kinds of rebuking because I didn't want that thing coming home with well the next day came into my office and explained to me that he that that this woman had been in his house for years is it a woman or a girl well, whatever. It was a female, dark hair, moves things, does is was constantly for years messing with him, and that no one he had never said anything to anybody about it because you think people are going to think you're crazy. But when he saw that 
you know, that I saw, you know, that I saw her, that, that con- confirmed to him that he wasn't nuts and this was something very, you know, this was some kind of uh, spirit, somebody's spirit. And this was the house he grew up in. His Both his, both his parents had passed and the, he inherited this house, but it wasn't any of them. And it, And I don't, and it wasn't that she was bad, but she was more... She would do things, too many things that make you, you know, she would haunt him. She haunted him. That incident really confirmed, you know, that my oldest sister, when I was young, says, gets her kids around and says she wants them to know one thing, that, you know, good is good and bad is bad. You know, there's there's good and there's evil. And there are, and that ghosts are real. And when you think you see someone standing there, you have seen someone standing. And I thought I always thought that was really interesting that you would set your young ch- children down and scare them like that. <laughs> but I mean, really, but um, because, you know, Aunt Wanda had weathering heights where that was that that Kelly and Carrie, Carrie lived in the back house of weathering heights, which which was an old stagecoach uh, stop. And was that, that the house that, in Acton? Yes, that house, that house was so haunted so so haunted we're talking things actually moving in front of you be it day or night so I never wanted to be in that place no because I've always and people who know me now that know me forever it's like uh my friend Bobby who's always wanting me to go to a haunted hotel oh no I'm not going because it'll come home with you it will come home with me or it will materialize to me because that's how it is. I think they're always trying to communicate with me. As you and I know, we dream about dead people on a constant basis. Spooky witches. Uh, and people we don't know and people trying to communicate in some way. It's like I said not long ago, if we could just get to that higher conscience where we could really pull that in without being afraid of it. Yeah. I always think it's an attention thing. I think when... Uh, and and I because I try to put myself in their shoes. Okay, you're a ghost. Nobody sees you. But then, then you realize that somebody does see you, or that somebody is reacting to you. Oh yeah, you're gonna you're gonna go hang out with that person. You're going to follow them. Um, I don't I don't really see them. I wind up hearing things. And uh, I took a trip back east with a friend of mine. Is this the Salem trip? This is the Salem trip. And I brought something home with me. And it has just been hanging out in my house ever since. It's But my reaction to encountering anything like that is to try to have as little reaction as possible. Because I, I feel like it feeds on your energy. And that's why it tries yeah. to mess with you. The more scared you are, the more energy you're putting out, etc. So I have something that hangs out in my house. It likes to hang out in the hallway. I call it topples. I imagine that it's a clown because that's scary. Oh God. <laughs> but, uh, so I go to, I go to Salem. I come home both, uh, while we were in Salem, we got some graveyard dirt. My friend gave me a little jar of it. So I have a little jar of graveyard dirt, which I looked it up. It's neither good nor evil. It's kind of neutral. It's just a vehicle, basically. But I wonder if that's how I ena- I enabled this thing to come home. With yeah, me. that answer is yes, accurate. And I think it's I think it's very funny that I that I did this and I knew I had brought something home. And it seems to be it. It's not malevolent. It seems to be like it just wants attention. 
And <laughs> so Tracy comes over to my house. She comes outside. She looks at me in the eye. And she goes, you have something in your house. And I said, I know, that's topples. <laughs> she gets a look on her face like, God damn it, Rochelle. Really? Yeah, like and there's like, something yeah, in your no, hallway. It followed me home. It likes to hang out in the hallway. It likes to wait until you're distracted and then squeeze by you in the hallway. Yeah. It likes to brush up against you. But yeah, and that's all it really does. It doesn't do anything yeah. else. It just likes it's to just there. Out. It's the just a feeling. Thing is, and this is why I don't have much interaction with it. It will never do anything if there are a bunch of other people around. You need to either be completely alone in the house or everybody else has got to be sleeping. You know, it's it's never when anybody else is around. It waits until you are absolutely alone. And then it's like, OK, now I'm going to mess with you because I know this is fun. But yeah, I found it highly entertaining that it went after Tracy. I was like, oh, yeah, that's topples. It makes sense to me that it would make itself known to her. Because exactly. That's who we are. Yep. Which she goes, what's in your bathroom? I'm like, oh, that's the jar of graveyard dirt. Thanks for noticing. <laughs> It's not that I don't get scared, but I really don't get scared. Like, I'm like, okay, I understand that there are these things in the world and they exist. And I think a, a relaxed, measured approach gets you farther because being scared can often be a trigger for more activity. Sure, fees on fear. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. fear is an yeah. energy. So when your daughter and I first... When your daughter and I first moved in together... Into the loft. Into the loft. And we had not been there long. I was sitting like behind a screen. I was, oh, I was on the computer. And I was just goofing around on the computer. And I hear the front door open. And I feel the cool breeze come in. And I hear the door close. And I'm like, what the hell? And then I hear something walk through the front room and go upstairs. And I'm like, oh, hell no, we are not doing this. You you don't get to open my front door. I could hear that somebody was walking. And I'm like, oh, no, uh, this is bullshit. You don't get to open doors in my house. So I like I go get an old horseshoe that I had for good luck, and I nail it up with three nails above the front door. And I just mentally talk to whatever had walked in. And I'm like, look, I don't sense that you're bad, but you don't get to just open doors. That's not how this shit works. You can ask for the door to be open. You want to go in and out. You wait till somebody else is going in and out. This is not happening. I don't think you told me this. I I remember you hanging the horseshoe up, but you never told me anything about limits. Well, because we, it's probably best marriage of hooch and it was illegal at that time. So I definitely didn't want anybody letting a little stinky green cloud out the front door. (laughs) So after that, whatever this was stuck around, but it would, it would go in through the back door. It'd go in and out through the back door. It would, you know, use my cat to like run up. My cat wanted out real bad. He'd come get me. We'd walk up to the door. I'd open the door and he would just stand there and you could feel something pass by. And I'm like, oh, really? Like you're going to manipulate my cat. But there would be times when you could see whatever this was in the backyard because you could see to the back patio door and you could watch it pace back and forth outside waiting for somebody to open the door so it could go in or out the only thing creepy is- there was the the kitchen the, the kitchen was so creepy. and uh, the Fuck that okay the so and the whispering from the the drain upstairs and i yeah. this is way before i i ever saw mothman 
and I'm like, I can hear voices coming from the drink. People are going to think I'm nuts. Yep. And then I saw and Mothman. I would not tell you because I did not want to freak you out at all. Because you I were hearing worried. them too, right? Yes. I was worried if I told you that I heard whispering coming out of the drain in the kitchen that I was going to freak you out so bad. So I just didn't tell you. And I don't think, and I tried to be pretty sly about it. I don't think that you noticed that it got to a point where I would not go in the kitchen by myself for anything. If there was nobody around to go into that kitchen with me, I just didn't go in the kitchen. I'm like, nope, don't need to be in there. Definitely don't need to be in there alone because the minute you went into the kitchen alone, you would hear whispering coming out of the drain. I've read enough Stephen King to know that nothing good comes out of the drain. Nothing ever good comes out of the drain. I remember that. And then like, yeah, from the kitchen sink. But I had no idea. But then we talked about there could have been an explanation for it as far as like voices from if we're all on the same pipes because we were connected in a condo. So it is possible that sound somehow could have traveled. I don't because I I never remember hearing anything specifically wait I just remembered something creepy that happened there I just remembered but I think I told you this and you said well it could have been a neighbor where I I was singing when you you were singing and you heard somebody kind of whisper scream shut up yes they whisper screamed shut up I was singing um it was in front of the vanity upstairs and because remember there wasn't a whole bath the bathroom was just the toilet and the and the shower and the sink was, you know, its own outside of the bathroom, like vanity area. And I was singing to myself and all of a sudden, yes, in a whisper scream, I heard, shut up. Yep. And, and then you stopped and you heard, she heard us. Yes. Yes. Oh, I forgot about that. And you remembered, you just gave me the chills. That's what I. Oh, yeah. No, yes. A lot of spooky she stuff happened when we lived there. Remember, I mean. We would see the ceilings were so high. What were they like? Twenty. They they were very high. They were crazy high, and I would just randomly see uh, flashes of color, you know, flying across the room. And uh, you know, I I had lived in my house by myself, the house that I owned, and that's when I picked up the ghost cat. I remember. So I was used to having something kind of be around, like I had a, a black ghost cat. Loads of people have seen him. I didn't think anything of it, really. And I had never really had any sort of truly negative experiences with paranormal phenomenon. Nothing that really scared me. So the voices out of the drain, that scared me. And I tried as hard as I could to just be very neutral about it. Like, oh, I could care less. So when I told you that I heard them that say, shut up, do you think? Oh, and then and then I heard that them say, shut shut up and she heard us do you think that was a neighbor i mean it was a whisper though like there do you know what i mean it didn't sound like a neighbor why would i hear a whisper do you know what i'm saying weird thing to me was it was i never heard it in the bathroom never heard it in the shower i would never hear the whispering out of the sink drain if there was ever anyone in the kitchen with me even though we might not be talking to each other i never heard the whispering it was only when i was alone it was only then when I, there was nobody around for me to go to and say, hey, can you come in the kitchen with me? I just heard something really weird. I think it's just so interesting that just, I didn't know. It took advantage of the fact I was alone. Yes, I felt that I way felt too. Like. But I had no idea that you were hearing this and I was hearing it, dealing with it too and just keeping yeah. it to myself. Because yeah, people are going to think you're 
crazy and then for a while that yeah they did think I was crazy and and I know that you and I both enjoyed horror quite a bit and I did not you know if something really spooky happens I'm more interested than scared so I did not want to freak you out with oh hey by the way there's creepy whispering in the kitchen you know because I knew it would give you the heebie-jeebies so I was like, oh, I'm not going to tell her that. That would be mean to tell her that. If she hasn't heard it, why, why scare her with that? Right. But then, yeah, it turned out you had heard it plenty. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. So, no, point in, no point in keeping it from you, I guess. Mom, what other stories do you have? You've had all kinds of weird shit happen where you live now with the lights in the hallway coming on um, by themselves or your night lights flickering and then. Well, yeah, I have night lights in every room. One in my bedroom chooses to uh they're motion detective lights. They all are. But the one in my bedroom chooses to go off by itself on a continuous basis. So when that first started happening, I changed them around. And it doesn't matter which one I have in there. It just, there's just something that passes through and turns on that light all at any given time through the night. This is why I wouldn't want motion lights on in my house. Yeah. They'd be fl- flickering like a Christmas tree. Seems to be kind of self-sabotaging. Well, you know, going back to something I, uh, like Michelle was talking about, I, I, I can't afford to get scared. You know, I don't. The, I, I recognize when it, when something like that is, I actually speak to it, acknowledge yeah. it, that it, its presence, that I know it's here, and be done with it. My father died on Christmas Eve. So every Christmas Eve, there's usually something that happens. But the most poignant thing that happened was the Christmas of 2007. So I was, you know, baking cheesecake. I was in the kitchen for the most part. And as I was getting the table ready, stepping out into the dining room, every cushion on my, you know, my furniture, every, every pillow, every everything was piled in the middle of the living room. And I immediately called just ask him why he did that and he said he didn't and, and just as it came out of my mouth mouth I realized and said okay dad I get it I know you're here you know and acknowledged him there because that you know there was no other explanation for that and I knew in my I just felt it in my soul that was my dad that was hey hey here I am. You've had some visitations with animals, too, like birds and stuff just, you know, showing up at your window and staring in. I, uh, yeah, my mom, when my mother died, you know, I had to get on a plane immediately and leave my whole family because I couldn't deal, I, I couldn't deal with it, really. I was traumatized. I came home. I had to be alone. I had to uh, just have time to, to take that all in. But anyway, the next, after I was home, so this is the the day of her death, right? The next morning, I'm home, and I hear a strange noise at my kitchen window, and I went to the window, and there is a falcon in the Y of the tree right in front of me, looking me dead in the eye. He spread, he opened his wings some, he looked, he looked again at me he looked up at the sky straight up at the sky back at me and spread his wings and then took off and i knew that that was a sign from my mom that my mom was okay that's a cool story that's a cool story 
And first of all, this was a falcon no one ever sees around here, you know, because I had to go do some studying. You know, it was just, it was just, it was very, very cool. And it, it meant, it meant something to me. There was, and then there was my, you talk about electronics, right? So I come home. This was after I moved here. So this is about a year later. And I have an old answering machine. I can't get rid of it because, uh, because I'll tell you why. Because I came home one day. And I had a really hard time with my mom's death. I miss her every day. I came home and walked in the door, and all of a sudden I hear my mom's voice saying, Susie, it's mom, call me. And I tell you, I freaked out that I realized it was the old answering machine from the last time my mother had called me, but had gone off and went off several times after that for no reason. I'll never get rid of that because, yeah, I think that was another sign. And then I always, because I dream so much of people that have passed and people I don't know, but I always wanted, I wanted my mother to come to me and it, and it took a long time. I think it was a couple years before I had a dream uh, where my mother was the only one in this dream and she came to tell me that she was fine, that she said, everyone is here. You would not believe that everyone is here. And even old man Shapiro, which I kept in my memory when I woke up the next morning, which was absolute confirmation that this dream was of my mother. She said she had been soaring on the wings of an angel. And and the fact that she had brought up that name old, old man Shapiro was, was a man was a was a father of one of my bro- older brother and sister's friends that my mother hated she hated this man she thought he was a horrible person and so when she said and even I just don't know I haven't heard that since like my decades right oh right. no more than decades since like my 50 childhood. years and to have her say and even old man Beyond. Shapiro is here even the bad man is here, you know, even right. the, even, even the bad people are here. Yeah. And, that, and I have not really. Like, where would really you pull had, that name out of your mind? The depths of your mind. It was, it was, it had, what else could she give me to confirm to me that what, what she was saying to me and that her presence was real. Right. That's I mean, that was just off the wall. Right off the wall. That's why I, when I called you. You know, two weeks ago after I had that dream and asked you, wasn't there a, you know, didn't grandma have a brother named Jackie because of that dream I had? You know, I, again, it was the same type of thing where I'm being introduced to these people and that was the only name I remembered. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, she had a brother named Jackie and all of this other shit. So yeah, same thing. We're, we're witches. What can I say? You know, I don't know why. Rochelle, did Tracy tell you about this? So she called because she has a dream and what she doesn't, she's. This is remember everything she told me in the morning when she called me. She calls me and says, so, Mom, did Grandma have a brother named Jackie? And I said, yes. I said, why? And she said, well, I had a dream. Aunt Carol, which is my sister who just passed in January of this mm-hmm. year, was introducing me to this, this person. And his name was Jackie. And they were trying to tell me something about he tried to hurt her. He did something to her, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and then Tracy said, what, 
grandma was there, but she was like in the background. She's in the and kitchen. And then later she told me that my father was there, but he was silent and just sitting in a chair. Yeah, in the living room. Well, so let's go back to the poignant part of this. I'm saying, well, Jackie, I think I said, well, I know, I think Uncle Glenn shot her with a BB gun. But come to find out, even my, so I'm thinking, well, I wonder what that was about. Because I always thought it was Uncle, my Uncle Glenn who shot my sister Carol with a BB gun. But come to find out, it was Jackie who shot her with the BB you, gun. You called your other sister. You called your sister. Yeah. Yeah. I called my, to, to, to find out that, oh, no, that was Jackie. I didn't tell him anything about Tracy's dream, but the fact that they were trying to explain to her. But later on, like a couple of days later, Tracy didn't remember telling me that part. I'm just the vessel. Right. I, yeah. don't, I don't remember everything. But no, yeah, th- there were other people there, too. That's just the only name I remember. But there were other people I was being introduced to, other family members. It, yeah, it was like a family reunion. And I was, you know, yeah, and Aunt Carol was introducing me to these people. But there was something else I kept telling you that I do remember about. She kept saying, this is, that's where I got my voice from. Remember, you remember me telling you this? Yeah. Not, still you not, got, yeah, you said, yeah, I got yeah. my voice. This is where I got this my voice where from. I got my voice. Yeah. That maybe because that the Carol did, of all the people in the family, Carol did keep a, a kind of an oaky accent, I guess, of some kind. Maybe. maybe uh, yeah, I have it. no idea. But that's that's the only part that I do remember as far as those people. But yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Rochelle? Well, I, I think it's pretty likely. Um, I know that, you know, coming from Utah, where my family's from, anything that's spooky phenomena like this is kind of kept under wraps. It's not seen as a good thing. You know, very Mormon country, right? So if okay. this happens, no, you, certainly, you don't talk about it because that's, that's right. evil. Um, I can tell you that, uh, but we would pass stories around. You know, like people would gossip about it. So my grandmother, the night that her father died, and then the night that her stepfather died, she heard them. She was walking home from work. It was very late at night. She was a waitress. Uh, she heard them on the wind, like cry. You know, they're basically she heard their last words. Her, um, she was very close to her stepfather, and she she hadn't gotten home from work yet. And I guess basically he was just trying to hang on until she got home from work so that he could say goodbye. And she heard him on the wind calling her name. Um, and she ran home as fast as she could because she realized what was happening. She realized he was dying. And that was because the, when her father died, something extremely similar had happened. She was walking home from work and she could hear him. And he, you know, visited her and said goodbye. So when her stepfather passed away and she heard him, you know, calling her name on the wind, she realized he was dying and she ran home in tears. And unfortunately, she didn't make it in time. So that was that was something the family would regularly talk about. My mom, I remember when this happened and it really freaked me out as a kid. Myself and my mom were visiting one of our relatives in Texas. On my father's side, his sister had moved to Texas. We went to visit. And she woke up the next morning and she was extremely distraught because she had dreamed that she saw a friend of my dad's face on the television and she saw it explode, you know, just And she was very upset about it. And so she called back to Utah to find out and she got confirmation that he had committed suicide he had blown his head off 
Wow. And she thinks that she had the dream at the moment that he did it was when she had the dream about That's seeing so interesting. his face in the television. Um, I do know yeah. that when I was very little, I was good at, I, I would do weird stuff and freak my mom out. I would talk about who I was in a past life. And then I remember this freaked my mom out really bad. One morning she was getting ready for work. She couldn't find her comb, something dumb you know and she wasn't even talking she was just looking everywhere for this comb and she was getting upset because she couldn't find it you know like where the hell is this comb and then I walked into the bathroom and I said oh it's right here and I lifted up the bathroom rug and the comb was laying there and then without a word just turned around and went back to bed and she was freaked out because she hadn't said anything out loud she hadn't said where was my comb she had just been thinking it in her head and that I slept walked into the bathroom <laughs> and showed her and she asked me about it later and I said no no that was a dream I said I had a dream that you were asking me where the comb was and I knew it was under the rug and I lifted oh, the rug cool. and there it was she goes that actually happened and I hadn't said anything to you telepathy telepathy right I think you know when a friend of mine and I had talked about this some people see things other people hear things or whatever and other people hear things and that's always been my thing I've I don't really see too much I've seen a couple of things in my life that I couldn't explain but but I have heard some weird stuff and then I have a really bad habit of getting into people's heads like if they're thinking of a song I'll start singing it or whistling it okay I have one instance of that that is like that. I have one I have instance <laughs> of that, um, but it, it's the opposite. So I was somewhere with Brandon. I don't know where we were, but in my head, not out loud, in my head, I had the song Picture Pages, you know, from Captain Kangaroo. Right. And in my head, I sang Picture Pages, Picture Pages, time to get your picture pages. And without a beat, Brandon says, time to get your crayons and your pencils. The hair stood up on my neck. It's standing up right now. And I looked at him like, what the hell just happened? What the hell just happened? It was the craziest thing. And I'm like, was I singing this early or out loud? Like, how did he know? It was crazy. And it was even in the same key. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't even in, yeah. a, it was in the same key of the song. Crazy. I'm like, don't, I was just singing that in my head. Of course, it doesn't sound as, as thrilling telling someone that, you know, you'd have to be but in my head. And yes. It's weird when you do it. Yeah. Very I, weird. I've done that to people. I got shouted at one time. A lady that I worked with was apparently singing a song in her head and I started singing it out loud and she's like, stay out of my head. You, you gave her an earworm, but yeah, crazy. Or she gave it to me. I think she was just thinking too hard and I heard it. You did it. Oh, I was going to say this, the, one of my spookiest, I heard it, but it didn't actually happen was, um, my husband and I knew a lady who was, um, she was in really bad shape. She was a pretty severe alcoholic and one morning he was sitting on the couch watching tv and i was getting ready to get in the shower and i was walking around the corner to go into the bedroom and i i heard him go oh uh beth just died but i was uh, i think i didn't have any clothes on i think i'd walked out for something you know to grab a towel or whatever so i didn't question him really any further i just thought it was weird and it was a weird voice he used to say it I was like, oh, that's weird. Well, you know, I'll ask him later. I go get in the shower and kind of put it out of my head. And then um, I want to say like a few hours later, maybe 
four or five hours later, he gets a phone call and he's like, oh, okay. All right. All right. Thanks. Hangs up the phone and he looks at me and he goes, he goes, uh, Beth. And I'm like, yeah, no, I heard you earlier when you said she, she had just died. And he's like, what are you talking about? I said, you told me, you said Beth just died. He's like, no, I just got the phone call on that. I had no idea she had died. And I'm like, Ooh, that's weird. That is really weird because I've known for a few hours that she was dead and you're the one who told me. Okay, that's weird. That is very strange. It was very strange. Was that his doppelganger or another family member or like what was that? You know, like I wonder, I've wondered about that because he was turned with his back to me, but it was very clearly his voice. And it was just something that he said out loud. We weren't having a conversation. It was almost like he was just sitting there watching TV. And then out loud, he said, oh, Beth just died, which he swears that he did not say. That is just bizarre. I see him say it. But I'm like, well, I wonder if I wonder if he said it without realizing he said it. But he didn't know it yet. That's weird. Yeah, it was weird. It is weird. Very strange. Michelle didn't get to hear the story, the latest one, the newest story. All right, let's end on your newest story. Let's hear it. About the smoke. Oh, yes. This just happened to you. This is a great one to end on. So my girlfriend uh, that that passed earlier uh, this month committed suicide. And uh, the week of her death, a couple, I think it was the night after her funeral service, I was sitting in my chair. It's, you know, it's daylight outside. And all of a sudden, there is a fucking wind puff of smoke comes comes through my the right my left side, and you know through me and past me to the point where I, I you know I slung to the side and said, "What the hell? Where did that come from?" And then right away, I have to realize that there's you know that it, it's somebody and something and and just acknowledge it rather than try and figure out what the fuck it was because once again there's no explanation for it whatsoever mm-hmm. i don't know if it was her but it was certainly uh something something i have never experienced whatsoever were you scared no not at all Sorry. it startled me there it startled any types of smells or sounds no. at the time no. just poof no just a, a poof to the point, you know, I could feel the blow. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Something passing, passing me. Of course, I was like, are you stroking <laughs> out? Well, that's you why I asked if stroking. there were any smells. Did you smell, smell toast? Why was <laughs> no. that? That's the sign of a stroke. <laughs> you smell really burning toast. No, I wasn't having a stroke. That's, that is no. interesting. And, and that was the first time you had encountered anything like that? And nothing sense? No. You know, I see things. I can see apparitions. I can see things. But never something physically. No, no, never. Nothing like that ever. Ever. No. Yeah, that was, yeah, what, last week that happened to you. Interesting that we both had something, you know, I had the dream and you had that happen within the same week. Witches, I say. Something tangible. Witches. Witches who can talk to the other side. Which is susceptible to seeing and hearing and knowing things i do wish that it was something that was spoken spoken on a little more i think a lot of women have these sort of things happen and yet because of you know our our culture it's not something that we talk readily about that may be changing but it is something that's kind of kept hush hush 
because you don't want to be seen as, oh, well, you know, they're crazy. They, they saw a ghost. They have hysteria. Yeah, definite. <laughs> we got hysteria. We got vibrate. That's what most men would say anyway, right? Well, sure. Just, I think it's another reason why they're afraid of us. They're afraid of the power. I don't want to alienate any, any male listeners we have, so I'll probably have to edit that out. <laughs> well, and, no, it's true. I'm glad well, no, I mean, hey, if you look at it this way, in the past, men were very encouraged to be stoic and to keep yeah. feelings and stuff sort of buttoned down and held in. You didn't talk about that. So, you right. Know, because I can tell you, um, my dad worked in a prison for many years. And he saw things he could not explain. And he was actually one of the first people to see my ghost cat, to actually see it. I have not ever seen it, but a lot of people I know have. They have seen the apparition of a big-ass black cat. But yeah, my dad was like, when did you get that big black cat? And I was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) So turns out the house I bought is haunted by a big-ass black cat. Um, and when I left the house, it just came with me. Apparently, I was entertaining enough to hang around with. At least for the couple next couple places you lived. Right? Oh, yeah. He's been around here. My husband and my son both have seen him. Oh, you still have him. I haven't that seen him. Oh, yeah. He's still around. Lucky black cat. Well, on that note, that concludes our episode this time. But like I said, there's so much spookiness and witchy stuff happening that we might have to revisit this topic at another yes. time. So in the interim, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or spooky stories, or if you're a witch too, then write to us at feedback at galpodcast.com. That is feedback at galpodcast.com. And we'll talk at you next time. Bye. Bye.